welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Welcome back to the 2024 State of the Park District. I'm joined in our podcast studio by Director of Recreation and Facilities, Andrea Coates, and Superintendent of Facilities, Sue Buzecki. Thank you for joining me. Thank, Thank you. In this episode, we'll explore some of the exceptional growth that we've realized not just last year, but also in recent years, address some of the challenges that have materialized as a result, and highlight some of the ways that we're managing those challenges. Each of these aspects will help us address this episode's title of Where Do We Grow From Here? Andrea, in our intro episode to 2024 State of the Park District series, Executive Director Brad Wilson highlighted some of the growth that we've seen over the past couple of years in several key program areas. Can you speak to a couple of the main program areas where we've been seeing that exceptional growth and some of the reasons why you think we're continuing to see this upward trajectory? Sure. Probably one of the biggest areas we have seen tremendous growth is within our youth athletic programming, uh, specifically within soccer and basketball. This past fall, our Premier Soccer League had the most teams participate in over seven years with 122 teams registered. And in basketball this winter, we have set we are set to have over 1800 kids play so we've seen a huge influx um this with basketball it's about 12 percent compared to uh, last winter so we've even seen in the over the summer we saw an increase uh specifically in our day camp program as well with over 2500 campers so you're seeing these big huge numbers sure um our facilities are no exception, and they too have exceeded expectations. Beach attendance was up about 8% from last year, and the same with the uh, Naperbrook golf uh, rounds. So mm-hmm. we're seeing this huge influx. Um, I believe there are several reasons for the growth, um, but a couple that really stand out to me is one is the fact that the community values a healthy lifestyle and being active. Our programs, facilities, and our park system support these lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, at a reasonable cost. Um, Being involved and having fun makes a difference and truly is seen in our participation numbers. That's amazing. And I know that I really don't even want to say pandemic, but coming out of the pandemic, we didn't know what to expect. And I think we're kind of surprised to see that, that growth really surging and then continuing. Definitely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we'll see where it goes from here, but yes. Well, and that sort of leads into my next question. Do you expect to see continued growth in these areas in the near term? And do you expect to see growth in additional program areas this year? Okay. Well, um, I think that we will have some continued growth Mm -hmm. in 2024, but overall, I do expect things to stabilize and plateau a little bit. Okay. Um, If anything, I think we're going to see a shift in trends and interests. Uh, For example, pickleball um, has always been viewed as an older adult activity, and now we're seeing it with the younger youth age groups. So I think that's one area. Cricket is another area that we're seeing some some strong interest coming out of that. Mm -hmm. So overall, it will be interesting to see where we actually end up this year, but I expect it to still see some positive movement. That's interesting. And then what you mentioned with pickleball and cricket, just kind of those shifts into some of the different areas and and with the demographics as well. So it will be interesting to see. It will be. It will be. Sue, another area that we've seen really great growth in is memberships at Fort Hill Fitness. And this is following quite a a dramatic drop off during the pandemic. And I think we were all kind of unsure as to what was going to happen. And I think a little bit nervous too. What has been the magnitude of growth that you've seen at Fort Hill over the past year or two? And 
Is what we're seeing in alignment with the rest of the fitness industry? Yeah, actually, uh, in the fitness industry, you are seeing growth. Clubs are, people are coming back into the club. Okay. One of the things that we did during the pandemic, we were one of the first ones to jump on doing hybrid and virtual classes. Right. And I think that kept the connection with our members. Mm -hmm. So as we progressed through the pandemic, once we started opening and people felt more comfortable coming in, you started seeing those numbers increase. In fact, since 22 to 23, our numbers, um, membership, you know, the membership numbers did increase, the usage portion increased from 41%, you know, 41%. From 2021, our met, we've seen an increase of 115% in usage wow. in our membership. So that's incredible. You know, and part of that, you know, when you start adding that with what you're seeing with youth basketball and right. the, you know, the, Fort Hill is a pretty busy place. That it is, mm -hmm. especially in January. Absolutely. <laughs> So a lot of, you know, Andrea mentioned in her response just about affordability and, and value. And I think that nearly eight years following the opening of Fort Hill Activity Center, you know, the continued growth in memberships, the use of the Fort Hill facility in general is a great thing to see. Um, but what are some of the challenges that we're managing right now because of the increase in participation? Um, I, I think what we're, we're seeing, especially in open gyms, is okay. we're reaching capacity pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, we only have so much space, and we're trying to do programming and open gyms, sure. even with pickleball, family open gyms, youth open gyms. Mm -hmm. um, they sell out pretty quickly. So probably within the 10 to 15 minutes of us opening, oh, they're wow. selling out okay. um, because that's the most capacity we can have. And sure. when we have the youth basketball on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, we're seeing issues in the parking lot and having mm -hmm. enough parking for all our participants and visitors. Um, who are attending the facility. Right. Group exercise, we transitioned into an app so people can reserve their spot, which mm -hmm. has been very helpful. But it also highlights, you know, how many people truly want to take the class. Sure. Well, and speaking of the app, it's very easy to use. It is. It's, it's great. It's been <laughs> a real good thing, I think, for the members as well. Absolutely. Yep. So, Andrea, back to you. Looking at our recreation programs that are experiencing significant participation, what are some of the challenges that we're facing as a result? I think the biggest challenge we are facing or that we faced this past year and continuing a little bit into this year as well is finding qualified staff um, for our programs and facilities. Um, instructions for our daytime instructors for our daytime programming, our early childhood, and the higher skilled positions such as lifeguarding and um, gymnastics are the most difficult to fill. So finding enough st support staff for the buildings, maintaining the buildings and customer service has also been a challenge. So um, I have, however, noticed over the last couple of um, months that we're seeing a little bit of an improvement. Um, we had a great turnout for our. Um, that we had with the fair, uh, the job fair a couple months, a couple weeks ago, um, that was excellent. And then the summer applications are beginning to come in. So we are definitely seeing movement with that. Um, another challenge that we are facing is um, the lack of indoor space. Um, imagine that for certain types of programming. Uh, the continued growth with our fitness area, basketball and gymnastics has become a challenge. Uh, we have tried to be, get creative with scheduling, modifying the program, things like that to accommodate more, but we still are not being able to fully meet the demands. Well, that's frustrating. Not only frustrating for us, but obviously frustrating for the residents as Yes, well. it is. So we'll continue to work at it. Um, and like I said, we, we make adjustments and hopefully those will help a little bit. Great. So we've talked a lot about Fort Hill up to this point, um, but I know we have great relationships with school districts 203 and 204, and we have agreements to utilize their space. 
Why is it that the space that we get through both of those partners not enough to sustain the growth that we were seeing? Um, well, first of all, the partnership we have with the school districts is critical to our success. Mm -hmm. um, we have several cooperative agreements, whether it's the usage of multi-purpose rooms, gymnasium space, um, pool use, and even outdoor field space. Um, and although the shared space helps to support um, the demands, it's certainly not enough. Sure. And not always do we get the most desirable times either. So mm -hmm. the schools have, they have their own programming after school and into the evenings as well. So it's kind of that trying to find that balance of what sure. we're able to use and not use. Well, and it's multiple schools across both districts that are utilized. Correct, okay. correct. And we do, like I said, we do have cooperative gym spaces mm -hmm. where we have certain days that are dedicated to us. However, we also use the schools in other ways, right, above and beyond. Well, thank goodness we do have those partnerships. Yes, we it, do. It definitely yes. helps. Yes, for sure. Sue, with costs escalating across nearly every industry and being passed along to consumers with the purchase of goods and services, we've been able to keep the membership rate at Fort Hill Fitness the same since we opened in 2016, which is it's pretty amazing to think about that. Um, as we continue to hear what a great place Fort Hill is, from the equipment and the instructors to the atmosphere and the cleanliness and everything in between, keeping rates the same, is that something that's sustainable? And how have we been able to maintain that same rate for all of these years? Yeah, I believe, um, obviously, increase in numbers, you know, it helps offset sure. the costs. Um, but you know, as we evaluate our budget every year, those are things we look at mm -hmm. as cost of goods, cost of staffing increases. We make those determinations. So some certain areas that we've had to increase um, were like child care. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a staffing issue. We couldn't find, you know, enough staff to be in there. Um, they weren't coming for the fee that we were charging. So we had to increase some staffing fees, which in turn had to, you know, be brought to the customer Pass so right yeah sure. passed on to the customer mm -hmm. so at this point you know we evaluate every year we're very you know conscious of what our expenses are mm -hmm. and how we could provide such a great opportunity for uh, residents okay talking a little bit more about fees andrea regarding our recreation programs how does affordability for residents figure into the budgeting process and planning for each year while ensuring that you know our budget can support the district's operations yeah, um, affordability is one of the key um, keys to our success, sure. and we know how important this is to the taxpayer. So when we began building the budget, we first looked at ways to adjust, modify, um, or cut back um, on some of the expenses to assist with that mm -hmm. process. Um, but sometimes this worked and sometimes it didn't. Um, but the cost of the program is certainly a priority and one that we look at um, when developing the budget. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest challenge we face, I think, is not losing sight of the quality. We always want to make right. sure that that quality is still there um, to try to keep and, and to try to keep those fees affordable. It is definitely a balancing act. Well, and that's part of that value. So it's not just about, you know, making sure that the fees are a certain rate and they're affordable, but it is making sure that there's the quality it's in everything that we do because that is part of the value that people expect from us. Definitely. And and we're going to continue to do that and continue to look at ways um, and different opportunities that may, you know, we might have some opportunities that are, that are less um, or that are free. We have several free activities out there sure. as well, sure. too, to keep things affordable. Yeah, that's excellent. And a bit earlier, you mentioned the challenges regarding staffing. As you know, the district has been laser-focused on that aspect and really putting a lot of time and effort into our recruiting efforts over the past few years and even introduced a new recruiting brand, Careers Grow Here. 
how do you think our overarching brand will help, being that being the careers grow here, maybe not in the short term, but more in the longer term? Okay. Um, I believe the new brand really puts the spotlight on the parks and recreation field as a potential career path Mm -hmm. or something beyond parks and rec. Um, When most people hear parks and rec, they think of, you know, athletics, day camps, trails and playgrounds, but the potential really goes above and beyond just these areas. The growth that one can gain from the experiences here at the park district um, can develop into career interests and disciplines such as finance, IT, marketing, um, and those are just to name a few. I'm hopeful this tagline Um, and all the time and effort that has been put into the recruitment efforts will pay off in the end um, and give, you know, dedicated talent to the future here at the Park District and everywhere. Right, me too, because we do need that pipeline for the future. Yes, definitely. Well, we've covered a few key challenges that the district is currently managing. The most critical one at this point in time seems to be the lack of indoor space, which we've touched on a little bit about earlier in this conversation. Um, Can you talk about what the district has planned for 2024 to begin to address the indoor space issue? I'm not sure who wants to take that. Yeah, I can start and you can jump (laughs) in. This year, the district will be conducting an indoor facility needs assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically what this entails is an in-depth look review of current facilities, how they're being used. um, And we will assess where and when the greatest needs are and where and when we have gaps and lapses in services. So I think it's a really dive in to you know in, in great great depth sure. and, and see what we can you know what we, what areas we need to improve upon and we do have um the nice part about this process is it's an outside firm coming in to do this analysis okay and part of this analysis will also engage community input mm-hmm. so i think that's really important as a community member when that opportunity strikes is make sure your voice is heard you know right. um And it's important for us to be able to accommodate what their needs are. Sure. Well, and from what I understand, too, it's really going to be from an internal perspective, working with the consulting firm, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck approach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. And and Sue, you talked, kind of addressed a little bit in your answer, but I was going to ask Andrea, too, and maybe you can elaborate a little Uh bit more. What kind of influence will residents have during the indoor needs assessment process? Well, I think... um, I think that the residents' influence is the most important part of this needs assessment, sure. um, as they will be the users of the facilities. Um, there will be opportunities for residents to provide input on their interests and the uses of the spaces, and they will be able to provide feedback on any recommendations that are made. So they're, they're a big component of this process. And really, we're starting that process now as far as getting moving with it. And all throughout the course of this year, I think up until the fall, it's, it's going to take eight, nine, ten months to move through this whole thing. It will, but I also think it's a very important part. Oh, it is. Of what it we're is. doing. So taking the time and making sure we get it right is yeah, what that's we're important. striving for. Definitely. Well, it's clear that the district is in an exciting time of growth, and it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for our programs and possible future indoor space. We'll have to see what happens with that. Andrea, Sue, thank you for joining me today for this important conversation. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.